Conscious Collaboration brings together entrepreneurs, changemakers, and thought leaders. We aim to highlight the people that embody the idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Each week, we share, discuss, and learn from the various experiences and ideas of our guest experts. Through our discovery, we find a path to an aligned mind, body, and business. At the Conscious Collaboration Podcast, we are proud affiliates of Atapa medical grade red light therapy devices. Red light therapy boasts a long list of clinically proven benefits, many that I and many of my clients have experienced firsthand. You can be sure that you'll be able to train harder, recover faster, and sleep better with Atapa red light therapy. Visit myatapa.com, M-Y-A-T-A-P-A.com, or use the link in our Instagram bio to shop with the code COLLAB15, that's C-O-L-L-A-B-15, for a discount on your device. What's up, guys? My name is Emily. And I'm Lisa. And I'm Michelle. And we are the Conscious Collaboration Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode one. We are so excited to have you with us today. How are you ladies doing? Doing really good. I'm here and I'm ready. Woohoo. All right. Today we're going to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast and do a little introduction so you can get to know us. Yeah, we've all known each other for a little over a year now. We met here at my yoga studio, which is called The Studio. And tell them how you spell it. Yeah, it's Louisiana style. So it's S-T-U-D-I-E-A-U-X. Go Tigers. And that's the inspiration for the name. And that's the inspiration. Yeah, we think we're cute by taking everything with an O sound and giving it that kind of French-ish E-A-U-X spelling. It is really cute. Mm, it is cute. What else could you do that to? Studio? Go, no, anything, literally anything with an O sound. Ho, oh. ho, ho. <laughs> Go, ho. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, Gumbo? so we, yeah. oh yeah, that's yummy. <laughs> so... <laughs> We all met about a year ago, kind of simultaneously, I feel like, in a way. Actually, Michelle, you came in a couple of years ago. Yeah, I came in for Emily also does or did fascia stretch therapy. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Did I say it right? Yeah. And so I came in for a stretch and I was like, I need to go to her studio. And at the time she just was doing the yoga studio. And for some reason, I just things kept coming up and I just never went back. And then, yeah, it was like a year or two years later, I showed up and now here we are with a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa and I had connected a little while before as well. And then started training with me. Yeah. Yeah. I came in several years ago, right after I had Benjamin and it was like a, a workshop or the full moon ceremony that we had there. So that was before, that was the first time I met you. Like that was day one, filled out a form. And then it took a couple, gosh, like 
years, years after that, before I came in and started training with you, but, and I didn't even realize it, but one of my friends that I'm sure everyone will get to meet at some point, Vera was meeting with me over coffee. And she's like, you have to meet Emily. She's one of my friends. She's my yoga trainer. And she has totally transformed her life and her business during COVID and she's and like, her body, her body. She said, you have to see her butt. She Mind body business. Butt. <laughs> and like, after having two kids, I was like, you know what? That's what's missing. I've been working so hard and neglecting my body and just felt all out of whack, like out of alignment. And when Vera tells me to do something, I do it obviously. So <laughs> yeah, get that got booty. My, got my butt in there and <laughs> so impressed. Like, I cannot believe that you were able to create something so beautiful out of her butt. (laughs) Making beautiful butts around here. How many times do you say butt a day? (laughs) Oh, that's like our main word. It's it's my life. (laughs) If people want to play a drinking game while they're listening to us. Yes. I hope you have a really high tolerance. Every time we say, but yeah. And then, so I think it was one day that, so Lisa trained before me and I came in for training and she was running over, which was pretty typical. Actually, we always all run over is yeah. And our therapy sessions, that's how Lisa and I met. And then I think that same day, the three of us just started on this tangent. We, we didn't even like, Lisa and I didn't even know each other. And I think it was not very long after that, maybe two more meetings that we said, we should have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, and then we would say things or the stuff that would come out. It's kind of like when you're in the shower and you get your best thoughts or, you know, when we were training or when our three heads were put together, we would come up with just some really funny stuff, some really great ideas. And just the energy was just so much empowerment. And it was just really starting to take off to to be something. And Mm -hmm. addictive too. I found that I was really craving the time that we would Mm. get together because I felt like, okay, not only was I working out and getting my body where I needed it to be, but also I was feeding my mind and my soul to a degree that I would leave the studio and then inject all of that into my business. So we were each working on that aspect. And that's one thing that unites us too, is our transformation in finding out really who we are and creating our identity and our businesses. And Mm -hmm. then having that strength and courage and conviction coming out of training and just kind of pouring it all into whatever it was that we were working on. Yeah. 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 And that all kind of converged to like an actual coherent thought of, okay, what, what are we really talking about here? What are we really looking at? And that's how we came up with the thought of aligned mind, body, and business. Yeah. It's amazing. I think too, the idea of collaboration, we found that there was so much more power in combining our intentions together and sharing our successes, sharing our fears, sharing what's in our heads or what, you know, in terms of our workout, our personal life, and also our businesses and being really just like who we were together, all of those magic ingredients combined. And we would just get these like 
Michelle said, like these downloads of like, of insight that we were like, this is what I needed to hear for today. And it really gave us some action steps and it helped us to embody faster our best selves. It's like alchemy almost combining forces to turn one substance into another. Yeah. And I think that it really fast tracked our growth individually Mm -hmm. in the last year. I mean, Mm -hmm. incredibly the things that we've all accomplished as a collective team, but then I've seen, and you ladies have seen the same, the people within our circle or even just outside our circle, they were also growing. It was expanding Mm -hmm. out into their, you know, their energy fields. And it was just, and it continues to do that. And I think that's when we finally said, no, really, we, we have, we need to make this a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And, and bring this to the world and, and share our message, whether it's for two people or 200 people, you know, it'll help somebody. So, and I think the main goal of this podcast, I mean, there's, there's multiple layers and goals and we'll go through that, but Ultimately, I think it's to spread that joy and uplift as far as we can, yeah. reach as many people as we can, yeah. because there's so much competition in the entrepreneurial world. I mean, yes. we'll get into this later, but Lisa and I both do the same thing, not in the same ways, but we're in the same field. There's never been competition. You know, mm-hmm. we just continue to lift each other up and it brings more to the table for everybody. So that's where we got the collaboration, the conscious collaboration portion as well. Yeah. I've also definitely experienced more like personal growth as an effect of us elevating each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. What comes to mind when we talk about aligning mind, body, and business, what do you guys think that really means for people? I think it means being able to really ground in and as if, you know, what comes to mind to me is like, I'm picturing an image of like, and it's probably like an image I've seen on social media or like, I'm scrolling all the time looking for inspiration, but I'm thinking of, of aligning, meaning like grounding in with the earth and opening up your consciousness to a level that's a higher level awareness that is, you know, being able to access your highest self, which is where your intuition is rooted and being able to align all of these components, mind, body, and business is to be able to move forward as a stronger force. When you have that solid pole or meridian that connects all of these things together, you're all one. You're not having to shed. I'm not having to leave my business while I'm in my personal life or in my workout. I'm not having to leave my mindset practice in another box. It's all one component that's nourishing and supporting each aspect of it. Yeah. I think that really speaks to like the idea of you can only be as spiritual as you are grounded and vice versa, you know, because a lot of times I think we look at the practicality and the groundedness and the logic of the business end of things. And we can either tend to just get stuck there all the time or think that that's the only thing that's important in business. Or even you can look at the the physical aspect as a more, you know, grounded earthly sort of part of that. But when you make it a spectrum and a cohesive unit working together and you have your higher connections flowing through and feeding your grounded connections and vice versa, I think, yeah, you became, I forget the phrase that you use, but just really a more powerful being altogether. Yeah. And I think it's 
comes down to also when people say, stand in your power, stand in your truth, be authentic. I think being authentic is like Lisa said, being that same person in your business at home, Mm -hmm. you know, just cohesively throughout. Also, one thing I did want to point out that a lot of people don't, you know, it's real easy to always put the mind and the entrepreneurial part together, but the health aspect Mm -hmm. and the body is so incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people neglect that portion. Yeah. And, you know, it affects the other two areas. And I can't tell you how many stories I've read, health stories of people that decided to finally get healthy. And doesn't mean you have to be like buff and muscles, but just working on, you know, strengthening your body. body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, every other area of their life, things start happening that they didn't even know or weren't. Say that all the time. Everything's better when you're stronger. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I think to that aspect for, you know, for you, Emily, that really ties in all of this as well is the health portion of it. And just, yeah, aligning all of those things and being authentic. And it's a good way of, explaining it, how you did as well, Lisa, what authenticity really means. Because there's many people that go to their corporate job or they're this, and they they put on this persona and then they have anxiety the whole time because they're not being themselves. And then they come home and then they're being something different and they have anxiety with their kids or their spouse. And, you know, it's getting all of that fluid. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I love that word fluid and what yeah. I was picturing too, and this might be a little far out there that we'll have to do some talking around this, but the fluidity and, and Emily too, you're talking about the, I'm picturing like, you know, the chakras, they seem to be important to each of us in our line of work, but chakras and alignment, and that might be far out for some people who are just joining us today. So we, we, we might want to delve into it another time but each energetic level is resonating at a different frequency and spins at a certain rate and in a certain direction. And it contains a certain color energy. And when you get these components operating at their best and their fullest, then that is allowing you to be a stronger, as you're describing Michelle and Emily, a stronger force presenting out against any, and as you know, as entrepreneurs or thought leaders or change makers, you can have a high conviction one day, but it's, everyone describes it as a roller coaster or a hill, or, you know, it's not the easy path to take. It requires a lot of courage. And so being able to operate in a place from your best alignment, you're going to be able to ride the ups and downs with more confidence Mm -hmm. and less stress. And I want to ask Emily too, in the, in the point that Michelle was talking about, what are some indications of a body not being in alignment? And I know like day one, I'm, I remember day one walking into the studio and just being like, so out of literally out of whack, like I had mm-hmm. been going, yeah. you know, twice yeah. a week to a chiropractor, not seeing, you know, not feeling the results. I felt closed up or closed in. Like, what does it look like when you seek, because you have a good sense of like day one, when people walk in, what are the indications that their body's out of alignment? I mean, fatigue for sure. And chronic injury, chronic pain. Yeah. yeah that Especially was at, you know, what I would consider to be very young ages to be experiencing that. And, you know, in many cases, everybody's different, of course, but with no or very little actual physical reason 
for that to be the case. I remember too, you mentioning to me in a very good way, by the way, when I walked in, you were mentioning what you see a lot in women is their tendency to, to want to keep themselves small and yeah. almost like close yeah. themselves in their posture is yeah. not presenting. And I know that surely, and even just uh, striving to literally be like the smallest amount of weight possible and take up the, the least amount of space possible. Mm-hmm. I think that was the hugest barrier for me was it was not ultimately healthy. Like maybe when when I walked in the door, I was a number on a scale, but my posture was terrible. It was impacting Mm -hmm. different parts, you know, uh, uncomfortable parts within my day or or my neck or my shoulders where I was putting tension and you teaching me how to physically ground in with the earth and and practice breathing Mm -hmm. and through the strength training and what you were able to bring to me really opened up my shoulders. And when you're in a place where you're really trying to protect yourself and your heart, perhaps your shoulders cave in Mm -hmm. and that manifests in some sort of imbalance, right? Yeah. That kind of gets into the fascia aspect of things too. And, you know, we'll talk a lot more about fascia later. It's connective tissue for those who don't know, but you know, we talk about it as the energetic tissue and like you store your issues in your tissues. So, you know, there's mechanical external components to our posture and things like that but a lot of it has to do with what emotions and stresses and movements are sort of recorded or patterned in the fascia and after so long of experiencing you know a similar emotion or stress or movement your body literally starts to form into that pattern. Yeah, I think I apologize. I'm not sure if this is the exact name of the book. The trauma keeps the score. Body keeps the score. The Mm -hmm. body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, and there's scientific proof that you hold on to trauma in your body Mm -hmm. for years and years and years. And so I know when I first came to Emily, I was in a ton of pain. I had a lot of pain going on, a lot of issues, and she really helped me work through that. And not only that, I ended up starting a business out of all of that too. That's when that, all that came about. So when your body um, feels better and you can sort of get your mind off of you're not you know, fog. that being the thing all yeah. the time. Pain, exactly. You no, know, pain can drive you nuts, almost literally. <laughs> so I'm really excited to, you know, dig into all that kind of stuff. Why don't we tell everybody a little bit about ourselves individually? So I'll start with, myself. (laughs) I'm Emily Zonbrecher. My background is in nursing. I spent seven years as an ICU neurotrauma nurse. And now I own the studio, the yoga studio that we were talking about and a company called Iron Yogi Fitness, which is a fitness company that is headquartered here at the studio. So I did the nursing for those seven years. I I maintained my license and I would say, you know, for the bulk of those years where I worked in the hospital, I actually treated my body pretty poorly. And then You know, when I became pregnant in, I guess that was 2015, obviously I had to start doing some different things with the way I was treating my body. I had a lot more time on my hands that I couldn't spend out at the bars and whatnot. So (laughs) I started reading a lot and Googling a lot 
and just decided to actually learn, which this is ironic being that I was in the healthcare industry. But what I was realizing is that I didn't know all that much about, well, I knew a lot about sickness and trauma and how that presents and how to work with that. What we didn't focus on a whole lot was health. Prevention. Right. And just like actually being a healthy person and how do we perhaps not end up in the hospital in the first place? So while I was pregnant, I just started learning things. I had, you know, some sporadic athletic and yoga and fitness experience, but it wasn't until after I had my daughter and I gained 60 pounds in that process that did not just melt away when I (laughs) gave birth (laughs) that I was like, okay, I really got to kick this into gear what can we do here? And so yoga was the gateway there. I discovered a type of yoga that I could do virtually from my house, which was really good for me because I could just have the baby there and, and do my thing. And, you know, this particular yoga was actually really cardio intensive and I fell in love with it. So I decided to uh, become certified in it and become a teacher not too long after getting started with a personal practice myself. So of course, you know, I got into the yoga for more physical reasons, which is a common thing that I see. But once I started learning more and more about that, it really started pulling me towards a more, I mean, nursing, nursing is a holistic practice as it is, but it really started pulling me into a more holistic view of health and getting me thinking about what I can do to, to move my career in that direction. I started teaching more and more yoga and I I really started getting this urge to like not be in the hospital anymore (laughs) for various reasons, but you know, just the love that I was developing for this new perspective being a big one. So I wasn't quite sure how the yoga alone was going to do this for me, was going to allow for this transition out of the hospital. And through my yoga teacher, I discovered some fascia-based therapy that I thought would be a good thing to add to my toolbox. And somehow potentially that would come together with the yoga to create more of a a unique practice. So I learned this fascia-based manual therapy while I was still in the hospital. I was able to apply some of that to patients there, which was a really cool experience to have. And then I met who was to become my now former business partner, but who was a catalyst for me actually following through on this idea that was brewing that I wanted to have my own private practice of sorts and incorporate the yoga and the fascia stuff, but it just felt too big at the time, right? So in comes this personality who sort of facilitates, you know, me taking the steps that I needed to take to open my own facility and kind of feels like I blacked out sometimes, but lo and behold, (laughs) 2018, that came to life. And so we are still 
a functioning yoga studio. I've gotten other fascia-based certifications and knowledge in that time. So I built up a pretty big fascial stretch therapy practice or FST. You may hear me abbreviate that and started incorporating some of the more active fascia-based movement that I was learning into both my FST clients and into the yoga classes. So for the first couple of years, this new thing was forming itself from that sort of organically. And then not too long before COVID hit, I started working with a local gym. We were doing some ice bath events and things like that. And I got the opportunity to train in their facilities and uh, work with a personal trainer there. So, you know, I had been in gyms before, but kind of would always do the cardio machines or maybe work on some of the circuit machines that weren't too intimidating or take classes or, or whatever. But I had never actually touched a barbell, I don't think, until I turned 35 and I started working with this gym. And I pretty quickly discovered that not only was I pretty good at it, but I really, really loved it. I loved it. And so when COVID hit and we were, you know, forced to lock down and obviously not be at the gyms, my method of using all that stressed energy and the way it manifested in me, I signed up for like a kind of bodybuilding hybrid powerlifting type, you know, one of these eight week online challenges with a really great resource. Her name's Lauren. Simpson. She's an Australian world bikini champion and she knows her stuff very well. Shout out to her. So I really just went like nose to the grindstone. Is that the saying nose to the grindstone? I that think so. Seems like yeah. it would suck. I don't know why you would do that. But <laughs> at any rate, I did that on this program. And, you know, I don't like to like advertise the, you know, that this is common or something to get really crazy results in, in a very short time. But I was able to get some pretty dramatic results, basically completely transform my body in this couple months of time that we were required to lock down. So what that culminated into once we were able to reopen and return was several of my clients kind of going, uh, what the hell did you just do? And can you teach <laughs> me that? And so I had a couple of clients who were literally like, all right, you know, you're going to train us now. And I'm like, well, I don't really do that. And they're like, well, you do now. And one of them even went so far as to invest in the initial equipment that we got here at the studio. And that is how Iron Yogi Fitness was born. So then I proceeded to actually get the certifications that I needed and, and really start to educate myself on the fitness and training aspect of things. I discovered the universe of Brett Contreras in that time, who, you know, has really shaped out to be a great role model of mine. Like it's, it's his work and his methodologies that have formed the basis of the strength training portion of what Iron Yogi Fitness is. And through all that, Iron Yogi Fitness has become something completely unique on its own with the combination of, you know, what I got from the yoga and the fascia and the strength training. And that's come together to just become its own thing. And 
it's really exciting. We've got an app. I'm writing a book, putting out new programs all the time for people of different levels to fit into. And what I'm really looking to do is expand what we've been able to do here at the studio with one-on-one clients and virtually with one-on-one clients. I really want to be able to spread that reach a lot farther because I think that Iron Yogi Fitness is an embodiment of that idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Yeah. And I have to say, watching Emily over the last couple of years via social media before I was a part of this journey was really cool to see her evolution of when she just started the studio. And then she wasn't kidding when during lockdown, it was like all of a sudden she reappeared and she completely transformed her body. I mean, she had a great body before, but it was just like massive transformation. And that's honestly what brought me back in. Cause I was like, how do I look like you? <laughs> <laughs> right. What and are- you know, it starts with the aesthetics and that's fine, but it really becomes so much more than that. Like for me, I was able to then use that strength training through some really rough times and just develop a true sense of self-worth from that. And there is nothing in my opinion, more valuable than really getting your sense of self-worth together because, you know, that's your personal power. That's your ability to say yes, where you need to say yes, and to say no, where you need to say no, and to not find yourself in positions where you're being treated, you know, in a, in a way that you don't deserve to be treated. Yeah. I think Um, that mental toughness and just as a side note, shout out to Brett Contreras. We do have a close up and personal picture of his booty that oh, I think do. needs to be framed and put yeah. in the studio, by the way. <laughs> We'd like to send it to each other with no context. Yes. <laughs> just, just as a random reply to just as a reply is Brett's booty. Irrelevant conversation. Like thank you and good morning. Right. Yeah. Good morning. It's, it's just right. his booty. a good morning, Brett, but he's got a <laughs> cell phone tucked in his pocket too. <laughs> too funny. Well, thank you, Emily, for kind of giving us your background and, and everything. And I look forward to, I know we'll do another episode here soon of diving down a little bit deeper into kind of, you know, what you do and what makes you tick. Lisa, you want to tell us a little bit about your, what up? Lisa? Yeah, I love, I could listen to Emily talk all day. Like that's Be careful what of, you wish for. <laughs> I, well, I, actually I do talk to you all day. Right. right. I okay, even, fine. I think I hear your voice in my head all day because we <laughs> talk in the morning at the gym and then continually talk and Instagram the rest of the day after that. And then mine's it's therapeutic and necessary. <laughs> It's therapeutic and necessary and it's fun too. What I was thinking about when you were talking, Emily, is, and we're talking about aligned mind, body, and business. One thing that unites the three of us is our belief in intuition and intention Mm. being an important ingredient in all that we do. We're not just going through the motions ever. And we say what we mean and we mean what we say. And intuitively we're open to receiving intuition and really checking in with ourselves in a way that is allowing us to come up with these new systems that we come up with because Mm -hmm. we're not ignoring any signs anymore, right? Mm -hmm. The signy signs. Signy signs. signs And we can all give each other different perspectives on how to apply that intuition and intention 
to our various strengths. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's really coming through strong to me right now, especially when you were talking and I was like, that is one thing that has linked us. And it's almost like when we sense that into each other, that's why the floodgates open. It was, it's kind of like when you hear people talk about, you know, soul recognition or like recognizing your other people call it soul tribe or your family, but having that level of connection is so beneficial to be like, okay, you know, like I'm, I'm my own person showing up here. This is my experience. And you're the people around you are reflecting back to some degree who you are. So standing, like you said, in your self-worth and not coming from lack or being too guarded is really how you attract in your people that you can join forces with and play with. And these things don't have to be separate ever, which is really cool. And it's an example too, to those around you, i.e. us as well, to a reminder that we need to stand in our self self-worth, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just, it just strengthens that. Also, it's really great to know that we have each other's backs and we're not going to end up in a cardboard box. <laughs> no cardboard box, rubber made at worst. Right. <laughs> Very fancy box, like weatherproof. Okay. Like maybe a yeah. she shed or like a tree house, maybe with wheels. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <Lisa. laughs> so yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I like that. I like traveling. So a little bit about me. Well, I don't, I don't know how to introduce myself. I'll, I'll backtrack. So before I stepped into the studio day one, you know, years ago, so I'm a mom of two. I am 44 years old. Sometimes I don't remember how old I am. I feel like I'm ancient sometimes and also young other times. So there's that piece of it. But Aside from that, I'm a corporate refugee. I left the corporate world. I was in it for 20 years and in a really great environment where in many times I was able to really show up and be who I was. And I was very satisfied with learning and experiencing and meeting different personalities. I worked in lifestyle television for a TV network. And it allowed me to grow and experience different sides of the camera from equipment to understanding the energetics on both sides of behind the camera and in front of the camera. And then getting to meet people who were presenting in those roles too, and meeting you know, the hive of the people that it takes to create something. And I was really blessed that I was surrounded by a lot of people that were sharing with me their life goals and dreams and their entrepreneurship and their creations and their inventions and things that they remortgaged their house for several times to be able to bring to life. And I loved it. I love to be around entrepreneurial spirits. I love it when people lay it all out on the line. And so that really fed my soul in a great way. And throughout the years, the, you know, between, I gosh, I was 20, you know, thereabouts getting into it and growing up in that environment, I lost a little bit of who I really was. And I, you know, a little bit of the play went away when, how could that happen? And you're in like, it could be a very playful, creative field, but a little bit of what fed my soul and who I was, you know, wasn't fully satisfied. But as life has it, things were shaken up a little bit when the company that I worked for merged with another 
and they didn't need two of me. And I was phased out, severanced out. So it gave me some time while I was about 20, 25 weeks pregnant with my second child. And I was just trying so, so hard to get back into the corporate world and to hold that management role. And it's almost as if everyone I met, you know, was like, geez, we really like you, but what is this position that would be for you? <laughs> it's not making sense. I, I quite literally was being told I was like the, you know, the square peg trying to fit into a hole. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't fitting. And I went through the whole process of sitting down and really thinking and connecting with, you know, what is that process like icky guy? Have you guys ever done the Ikigai diagram where you, it's these circles. If you haven't, there's like a no. book on it. I can't spell it for you right now, but so it's I a may process. have done that. Yeah. And you chart out, you know, what do you love doing? And then in another circle, you know, what are you great at doing? And then what do you desire to do, for example? And then you look at where all these circles merge. And when I went through the process of thinking about all of these components, I realized that what I wanted to do had to do something with helping people in a greater way, being very creative, being able to use my intuition. I was always like the resource to go to for advice, intuition, um, and in the other sense too, in creating sets for television, my set environments, of course, they always had to be a certain way. They had to be welcoming. They had to have a certain vignettes that were attracting. They had to have a little bit of surprise and and creativity and they had to be supportive of who was in that environment, the people that were on television and also receiving of the people watching on the other side. And when I would put together work with the, the sets and lighting team, and I would come down as a producer to check on my set, they would say, well, hold on, Lisa's going to say this isn't very feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like kind of like a joke. And I realized that my passion for environments and the energetics of environments and people was really something that people could see and recognize. And I had not even quite fully even known that's how I was showing myself. So in doing that, I realized I had a love for things that were beautiful, inspiring, creative, like push the envelope a little bit and involved. I love the whole aspect of communication and the exchange of energy in a space. And so that's where I decided looking back on everything that everything was indicating I'm a feng shui practitioner and I want to show up and help people in that. And I had the opportunity to work with one of my now mentors, Steve Kodad of the Feng Shui Cure, I hired him to come help me Feng Shui in my house when I when it was up for sale. And I forget exactly the, the year. Gosh, it was like 2013, I want to say. It's like 2013-ish. And I invited him. I was like, I have been doing all the Feng Shui and something feels a little bit off. So he came and did his consultation with me. And we just immediately hit it off. I loved everything, you know, about his presentation and how he was really helping me. And his advice was so good. And it was so practical and you know, very professional. And I did like a few little tweaks here and there to my home. And it cost me under $500 to do over the course of like a long weekend or something. And the next people that came in were investors that came from, it was a scout from investors that were in Europe. And he walked in the door and he was like, oh my gosh, this place feels incredible. Like his remarks on my home were just 
blew everybody away because my realtor was about ready to knock another $10,000 off the price. And I was like, no, no, wait, I've got some feng shui to do. (laughs) I've got more feng shui. And so just using some of um, Steve's staging advice without doing anything major attracted in more people to visit and experience my home and actually feel it and what it could be and what it is. And that scout walked in and immediately made an offer And then I even went back to him and challenged his offer for a little bit more money to help me move. And he was like, he obliged, of course, how can I make this easier? So my point being like things just opened up and were easier. And it was just really affirming for me that feng shui was something that worked and is an important part of my life and my practice lifestyle. And so in that severance from my corporate self, I reached back out to Steve and I said, I need to do this. Like, I need to talk to you about how do I, I want want to be more serious about this. This is what I want to do in my next iteration. And he said, this is so great. I'm so happy to hear from you. It had been, you know, a couple of years and he was like, oh gosh, I'd like missed such an important part of the story about having Benjamin with me. I was just about to say, tell them the catalyst. (laughs) I glazed over it, but so backtrack a little bit. So during that severance time and me going through the ikigai process and journaling and really trying to figure out who I am and what I want to do and what brings me joy and what can I do, I was, you know, getting more and more pregnant. I was like past the point of interviewing and so on and so forth. Well, long story short, I, on a supermoon, February 2019, one of the biggest supermoons to date. I was one of seven people in this local St. Petersburg area, one of seven women who spontaneously gave birth under the supermoon. And I, in the process of trying to get my family in the car and uh, you know, have my daughter buckled into the car seat and my husband at the time, you know, trying to get everything in the car, I felt this like primal download of like, And and by the way, if anyone out there is listening, (laughs) you know, no one tells you how scary it is right before you have your baby. Hmm. Even if it's your second baby, it's still scary because (laughs) you're like, oh my gosh, it's just unknown of what's going to happen. I was so terrified. In, In fact, I had seen videos of women spontaneously giving birth in car and I was like, this will not be me. And it's like a horror movie to me. Well, I, you know, told my husband at the time to go back in and get my toothbrush. And he was like, no, no, we don't need your toothbrush. And I was like, get my toothbrush while he runs back in to get this toothbrush that I don't need. It was like a random object. I told him to get to leave. I look up, I see the super moon through the oak trees. It was like a movie, like slow motion. And I felt like here comes Benjamin. And I ended up, baby. I mean, it was like a, it's like, it's not an actual, it was like a, you know, like a whole body thud of like, here comes the baby. And I was like, oh my gosh, here he comes. And I caught him by myself, you know, bumped his head a little on the car door <laughs> and oh he was completely fine and just crying. And my daughter in the background is, is hearing all of this, by the way, she's witness to it and she can't see him, but she can hear him. And she says, is that my little brother? And I was like, yes. And she says, he's not hurting you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, nope, he's not. And she was like, oh, good. And so it was a great big party and celebration where, you know, the emergency you know, all of the emergency vehicles showed up at my house and I was completely fine, like walking around wanting to give out waters and everything. <laughs> and but I, at that time, 
like like hey welcome to my house there was like a block party because everyone in my little like ma'am you just had a baby can you know was, <laughs> put the <laughs> lemonade down <laughs> yes and the hostess with the mostest and my husband at the time did so great you know he helped to like tie off the cord and was so like very you know it was like ripping the band-aid off of all the fears that both of us had of, of having this baby but in that moment of this you know of having him and catching him on my own and in that super moon I feel like the lunar things have a greater influence I mean because our bodies are so much water and I know they say a lot of it's wives tales but I had a download of like you can do anything that you want to do this is the scariest thing that you'll ever face and you just did it and as we're recording this by the way it's a new moon and a solar eclipse oh boy well like nobody and we're killing it (laughs) and we're killing (laughs) mercury mercury retrogrades the day before this uh episode (laughs) it's gonna Mm -hmm. but it's in gemini so it's like a it's a better one oh good good yeah yeah (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna say retrogrades don't affect me knock on wood knock on wood (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so no one have a baby right now please (laughs) but yeah so that that was what told me to reach out to Steve and I took Benjamin three weeks old to a McDonald's to meet with Steve. And he, you know, he kind of started mentoring me at that time when we realized we were happy to reunite and wanted to spend more time together. And um, we're both very excited about having someone to talk to, you know, relatively locally about feng shui, because, you know, we didn't have a circle that at that time that was very understanding of what we were doing. And he said, I'm so happy you reached out to me because it's my dream to create a feng shui school and to train consultants. And at that moment, we both just said, let's do this. So I completed my certification, my professional, I had already taken professional training with Steve, but then I went to some of his masters in training and completed my professional certification. And we started writing the curriculum for our school. So Cloud9 Feng Shui and the Intrinsic School of Feng Shui were born three weeks after the birth of my son and just started. It was like a fire. I mean, we knew it was meant to be because things just organically came together so easily. We were having fun. I mean, obviously a lot of hard work, but you know, it doesn't feel like work if it's something Mm -hmm. that you love so much. So it was a lot of like around the clock, just really pouring in and developing. And we had our first physical in-person kickoff launch for our school in January of 2020. So we had a few months open with our first class before the whole COVID situation (laughs) happened that was pretty wild. We were lucky that we were already set up to be virtual. My consultancy with Cloud9 Feng Shui had some virtual means to it too, that I had this pool to develop systems that thankfully allowed me to keep both business entities operating during a time when everything was shutting down to a great degree. And during COVID, I really just went deeper into, like a lot of people did, it was a time of just you know, what is this? This is something I've never experienced before. We couldn't even prepare for the level of isolation and having to go within and really getting to know ourselves because of this isolation. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, if anyone out there experiences too, and I know Emily, you addressed it too, it just 
when you go within and if you listen to your intuition in the right way, you know your next steps that need to be taken and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And so that meant me also making changes in my life in significant ways. So during COVID, I separated from my husband, now my ex, and you know so that was a period of great transition. And during that time, though, after that separation, a, another mentor appeared to me. And through that mentor, and I'll get into it in later episodes, through that mentor, I was able to develop greater my intuition by deepening my practice of spiritual dowsing. And together, she and I were able to attract in yet another mentor friend who shared with me what I use in my practice now in my energy upgrade process, which is a software that works along the lines of it has its own discernment within the system. And I know that feels like a little bit big, so I'll have to get deeper into this in another episode. Yeah, so it has its own discernment. It has its way of exchanging energy through energetic means, virtual means. And it is imbued with protocols from anything from the five Chinese medicines, Qigong, acupuncture, there's Reiki, there's even some feng shui aspects in there that I've found that I've been able to use in a virtual way, which is really effective and helped me create this service that has helped so many in a, in a way that people didn't even know they needed. And so using that in combination with what I have developed over time in developing my intuition, the way I'm able to create systems I've been using that to help people find more clarity in their lives so they can take a look at their life situation and see, okay, yes, there's the ups and downs of life, but this is what's happening. They can have a sense and understanding of what their next steps should be. Yeah. So that's me in a, you know, I think in a, a long story kind of, kind of way, I like Emily, a I, very large nutshell <laughs> and a very large nutshell. That's the journey of me and how I came into my systems and using feng shui as one of the modalities. And also like to add to that too, and the three of us have in common is what we have created in our businesses is based on who we are as individuals. And that's what has built our systems. And that's why it's been an easy way for us to integrate it into our lives and, and to collaborate together too. Mm-hmm. Lit Lisa. And yes. Boy, so for people like out there who don't know <laughs> Lit Lisa, I don't know if you met her yet today, but <laughs> Lit Lisa is my alter ego. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my other persona that Emily has lovingly called Lit Lisa, and she identified it in my workouts, and it involves <laughs> clapping. Clapping. Lots of enthusiastic <laughs> clapping. Lots of enthusiastic clapping to rap music. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, that that will come out at a later time. <laughs> Michelle, what's All right. your story, homie? <laughs> well, if you guys are still hanging on, because I know this is a long first episode. So I actually started out in the entertainment industry for the first part, I guess, first half of my life. Grew up in a family of musicians, a singer in a band. I was singing in bars when I was 12 years old and, you know, did that whole thing and had so many very close opportunities that were just not close enough, but almost there. And, you know, so I thought, honestly, that was 
I thought that was going to be my career. I was going to be a singer. You know, I'd be up there in front of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. That was my dream. And then, you know, it just kind of stopped. And September 11th, unfortunately, you know, as with the whole world, threw a big wrench in there. And then I had some trauma in my life around music and, and, you know, I might dive deeper into that in another episode, but so I kind of found myself as, you know, a 19 year old was like, all right, well, I always did well in school, but I didn't love it. What do I do now? You know, cause that was my whole life. And, you know, I was this artist. So at the time my ex-husband was going to college and one thing led to another. And I ended up in the medical field as well. And I then tried to, I think, put on a different role. I tried to erase, I think, the previous 19 years of my life in a way due to, like I said, some traumatic experiences, also guilt and frustration of being so close to your dreams and never quite getting there as so many artists go through, you know, and And unfortunately, I didn't have the skills, the mental skills, even at that time to keep going and keep trying. It was just like, no. And then I had other people who meant well, that cared about me that were like, no, that this is what you do in life. This is the the path you should be taking. And so I, uh, you know, ended up climbing the corporate ladder and living the, the dream that everybody thinks is the dream, but there was always something pulling at me internally. And, and I've suffered from anxiety my whole life, panic attacks and something that I used to not talk about openly, but I feel it's important now. Mental health is huge, not to dwell in that space, but to acknowledge at least, you know, and, um, Now I know because of where I am that a lot of those anxieties, I mean, some of it is around trauma, but a lot of it is because I'm not not living authentically, living a different path, you know, going down a different road and then what your higher self or spirit or God, or however you want to think of it wants you to be going soul's purpose maybe yeah exactly and it was funny ever since I was a little kid I have these funny stories and you know if any of my old childhood friends listen to this they'll laugh because they were probably drug into some of these (laughs) events of mine but I can remember a good friend her name's also Michelle and she's a neighbor and shout out to Michelle we would make perfume out of like stuff in the garage and oh. sell it for 25 cents. In they my call driveway. that bath salts now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I made like these newsletters about what was going on in the neighborhood and when our band was playing and I, I'd make her stuff them in everybody's mailboxes. And I would just create, I was always creating and trying. So what I was doing was little mini businesses, right? And I didn't realize it. And I was always trying to create because I, I love to create. I love to work with my hands, with my voice, with just you know, anything that is within the art realm. So as I got older, I tried to sell bracelets in school. When Clueless was popular, I can remember I was making the fuzzy pens like Cher would have, and I was selling them in school and just like, it was funny. And then as I got older, I did have little side things. Like I did event planning for a while, but it was always just like, I would dip my toe in. And then it's like, my corporate job would be like, here's a big raise. We're going to move you to the next level. And I stuff that the creative stuff away and say, Oh no, I need to get back to being reality. Right. Mm. And so I just kept going and going and 
I'd say it wasn't until about four years ago that I started this journey of exploration, which I think a lot of people do once they get into their 30s and 40s and whatnot. And moving to St. Petersburg, for the listeners out there, we, we're in Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida. So it is a such a unique place to live. It I feel like it's just, it's inspiring. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of artistry, you know, just a lot of real, it's a cool scene. And so it allowed me to be in a new place and explore those feelings I was having for so many years and not feel scared about it, explore my spirituality, explore just everything. And, um, you know, I've continued that journey. And then, like I was saying before, when I ended up coming into the gym with Emily, and then she was just so uplifting and for the first time in a while, I had met somebody that basically was like, screw what the, that person thinks, screw <laughs> this, you know, like you, no, be I you, said, fuck girl. what they think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to be, you know, gentle, but <laughs> so, you know, and it was just like, oh my gosh, wait, you don't think I'm crazy? Like you think I could really do something? And it's like, hell yeah, you can. So, and then I met Lisa and one thing I also that's always been like Lisa environment has always been super important to me. And I think that's because of trauma, history of trauma, and also just, the, uh, you know, sometimes the anxiety. And then, then the other part is just the creative part. I'm really like, I'm the one that picks out the little teeny details that nobody notices or implements in something like when I would decorate. I'd put something that was meaningful and then the person would find that one thing and be like, oh my gosh, you know, like just those certain little intricacies. And I've always loved to design and create. So again, I met Lisa through Emily and we went and had coffee and she's just like, yeah, I do feng shui and I have this school. I'm like, where can I sign up? <laughs> it was just, I literally jumped in head first. I didn't even think twice about it. I don't even think I like thought about it. I just, yeah, did you it. didn't have any hesitation. I don't think. And I thought it was really cool because you were just like, you know, like this is a thing and this is what I want to do and see you next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. So I did it and then, you know, started my business, visionary business design. And, um, at first I thought I was going to do more business consulting. I know I've worked some with Emily and trying that out and see, and then it's turned into, it still is business consulting, but it just in a more artistic way, I feel like in a, a different type of modality. And, um, the last four or five months have just really exploded. And so, you know, I'm still in my corporate job, but obviously the goal is to take this journey and, um, you know, start planning my exit <laughs> to be. Yeah. Doing that's going to be one of the cool things about following your story. I think especially is that for anybody listening, who's like on the edge of, you know, quitting that corporate job to put a catch-all term to it, you know, to do their own thing. I think it'll be really cool and inspiring to get to like watch you and, and listen to you in real time, go through that process. Yeah, for sure. And thank you. I appreciate that, Emily. And yeah, it's exciting. And doing this podcast with you both is giving me that outlet again of the creativity of my entertainment background. I enjoy it. Lisa's also connected me with some people to do music again. So there's just so many things that have transpired and in really a short amount of time. Now the journey has been long, don't get me wrong, but once you finally 
make the decision and open up and let go and see what is possible it's just incredible how much can happen in a short amount of time. So I'm sure we'll dive into our stories more throughout our episodes, but that's kind of, you know, in a nutshell, but that kind of segues into, so what are we looking to bring you, the listeners through this podcast? And for me personally, as Emily said, you know, I just really want to bring that person along that's either scared to make the jump you know, still in their nine to five, scared to do both or don't know where to start. And you can kind of take that journey and we can celebrate those wins together and, you know, make it to that corporate refugee retirement party, you know, throughout this podcast. So that's really what I'm hoping for, for myself to bring and hoping that people will be, you know, attracted to that as well. How about you, Em? Yeah, I'm really looking to connect with, you know, what comes immediately to mind is like the single parent, but that certainly doesn't have to be the case. But that person who just has a lot of cups to fill and they have a lot of responsibilities in their life and a lot of things to do and a lot of roles to play. And, you know, it's clear that they have all this passion and all this potential, all these ideas, but it seems like, and it feels like their bodies, you know, and then subsequently their minds, their spirits can't keep up with the passion. And, you know, I want to really connect with that person and help them understand and see the path to building the physical strength that they already have as a person. And, you know, using that and that ability to then incorporate the mind and the spiritual practices to help that person show up authentically in all their aspects of life. Lisa. Oh gosh, you wait you talking to like I I have like all my wheels are turning and I'm really excited to get to meet in some ways some of the people that will become our listeners and our families and like the other cogs of our wheel into our circle because I desire and hope to attract in those who are out there that they might feel alone within their current circle of friends. They might feel like they're just waking up to the idea that they themselves desire something different in their lives. And perhaps they are recognizing there's more to life than just what you can see and touch. There's a desire to deepen their intuition and to create lives that are full of intention and not just because everyone else is living a certain way. And I hope to connect with people to help them realize that you don't always have to operate in an isolated way. You're not an island. And that when you can find your people, just as we have, and you found us, certainly, if you're listening to us still (laughs) and are connecting with our stories, is that when you can find that, And even just open your mind up and to have empathy for others and where they are in their journey, then you're able to better recognize the signs in your own life and the signs and synchronicities, they come in fast and don't ignore them because you might have a baby in the driveway. Mm. But but through this sharing of this podcast, I hope to create a sense of family and of us being able to hold space for people who need 
some sense of collaboration and perhaps what we're talking about in each and every episode, it's exactly what they needed to hear at the exact right time. And they can inject that energy and joy and wonder and all into their work and perhaps creating new lives. And I hope that through this, Michelle and I can share our insights too about feng shui and other related modalities too, to round out what you're bringing, Emily, with the body and the mindset too. And that awareness is to give some practical takeaway, like homework that they can implement and start creating their own practice that works for them. Mm -hmm. So they can start to follow that trail (laughs) on their new path. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in addition to sharing, I'm really excited to learn. I think we're going to learn a lot from the guests and from each other and just from further interactions. So I think that'll help all of us to just sort of boost our own toolboxes and what we have to offer to ourselves and to others. Yeah. And I think um, as the listeners can tell, if you're still on with us, you know, it's going to be a little bit of woo, a little bit of fun, a little bit of, you know, talking about some shadow work, some mind body business work, you know, working out. So I think we've got a little bit of everything to offer. So, well, you guys, this was really great. I had so much fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, we really um, appreciate I, you guys sticking with us. And yeah, uh, and I think we've got some really juicy and exciting things to come. So yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. Thank you so much. Talk to you in five minutes. Talk to you in five. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening to our podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends so they can join our circle of collaboration on this journey. You can find us on Instagram at Conscious Collaboration Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible to name a few. Please join us next time for another deep dive into how you can live life in more alignment mind, body, and business. Send us your questions and comments in our DMs or email us at consciouscollaborationpodcast at gmail.com. See you in five minutes.